What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Okay, let's go ahead and get started this morning. We have a uh, we have a long lost straggler in here. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since you've been with us. Tavish, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. And you? I'm doing fine. Bruce, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Yeah. Okay. What's uh? Well, I tell you what. I I don't want to get too much into the riots. We'll do that later on this afternoon. Oh, so. I wanted to ask you, Tavish, what's going on up in your neck of the woods that's not riot related? Okay, let, do, you, do you remember that thing that we had a couple of weeks ago called the coronavirus? Do you remember that? Right, that that thing yes. that no one cares about anymore. Right, because we talked just we talked briefly before we started all this. Actually, you've been on vacation, haven't you? Well, I'm back to work, but yes, I was on a week's vacation. Uh huh. And how was that? It actually was very peaceful. Went to the old family homestead. You know, and just got out in farmland of Pennsylvania. It was just peaceful and relaxing, and it, it, it was rejuvenating in a way, like recharging the batteries. And did you have yourself some good food while you were down there? Unfortunately, no, because everything restaurants were still shut down. And I can tell you, Hawaiian pizza and Pennsylvania Domino's is unlike anything you have ever seen before. They had ingredients I never even knew existed. On a Hawaiian, like, do- Hawaiian pizza at Domino's? It's supposed to be just oh, ham yes. and pineapple. It's ham and pineapple. Oh, oh, they had assorted peppers and some stuff I couldn't identify. And it was what? just, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, maybe it's a, a regional thing, but it was just like, okay, never seen this before. It was all right, but it was not my cup of tea. I don't think it's a regional thing because I come from that part of the country. And I can assure you, if you get a Hawaiian pizza, there's nothing on it except ham and pineapple. That's what I always thought. It was an eye opener to me. But um, yeah, most of the restaurants were closed down, except a few that had takeout or delivery. You might know this, Johnny. Have uh, Have you ever had sweet bologna? I've never heard of sweet bologna. I've heard of bologna, obviously, but I've never heard of sweet bologna. Never heard of it. What is it? Well, there's bologna, there's Lebanon bologna, and come to find out, there's sweet bologna. Um, it's like bologna, but it has a very sweet taste to it. It was very good, but they make these snacks out of it, where it's almost like a cream cheese they put in it, and then they roll it up, and... It was something new, so I tried it. I like sweet bologna, but the cream cheese was just a little too much for me. But the bison beef jerky and the elk beef jerky were most excellent. I'll have to be honest with you. I've never heard of such a thing. But yes, I've tried the jerky from other uh, from other animals other than, say, like, uh, you know, just the beef jerky. I've, I've tried other uh, jerkies, and it is quite good. So I'll, I'll give you that one. But as far as the sweet bologna, never heard of it. Bruce, I wanted to get up to uh, a subject that we were kind of touching on yesterday. And we were talking a little, uh, you know, just slightly about the... Um, about like the space launch, which Tavish, by the way, did you see that? The space launch? No, I was keeping up with it on news radio, but I was unable to get to a TV in time to see it. But I was very excited. Nine years since we've been able to do that. Well, this morning, I I saw this article and this just caught me off guard because I find this really fascinating. Now, I've said before that, you know, I, I don't believe in like those, uh, you know, aliens and like the green skin or gray skin or whatever it is, you know, the little things. And, you know, I, I'm just not that kind of guy. Uh, I don't believe that this uh, Area 51 
kind of nonsense, right? I, I don't believe in that, right? Area 51 is it's clear what that is. That's a test site for mili- experimental military aircraft. That's what that is. So this idea of like, you know, alien stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying that I don't follow that, right? I don't, I don't believe that. But I have said that I do believe that it is impossible for us to be considered you know, I, I find it very hard to believe. Let me put it this way. I find it very hard to believe that we are the only sentient life in the entire galaxy. I find that very hard to believe. I agree with you on that. Something's got to be out there. We can't be the only game in town. Right, right. There's got to be something. Now, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying there, there has to be something. I saw this article this morning that caught me off guard, and it says four mysterious signals from outer space are coming from galaxies like ours, scientists say. Right. So if you go outside, I'm going to go down through this. Right. It's not it's not very long. Right. But listen to this. Okay. so this is um, uh, it says go outside on a hot day uh, and feel the sun on your skin. And he says, now imagine how much energy the sun emits in an entire human lifetime. Now compress all that energy into a single burst lasting a mere millisecond. And then you'll understand why fast radio bursts are one of the hottest topics in astronomy. So this is first discovered, it was uh, back in 2007 down uh, down in Australia by Parkes Radio Telescope. And these things are very brief, very bright, single radio pulses that can last for just milliseconds. Right? I mean, it's nothing. It's almost nothing. You, If you blink, then you miss it. That's how slight, that it, or slight it is. But it's estimated that several thousand per day are occurring over the entire sky. So the most famous one apparently is called FRB 121102 or something. They give these things long numbers. I don't know why. But it's unusual because it's been detected a few hundred times since it first burst onto the scene in 2014. So this particular one is coming from a small dwarf galaxy about, listen to this, about three billion light years from Earth. All right. So what's causing that? Right. This this is what's interesting about this, uh, other than the fact that it's, you know, three billion light years away. Now, it could be it could be colliding stars. Right. It could be supermassive black holes or it could be radio broadcast. You know, they they just don't know. So according to uh, Dr. Shivani Bandari, an astronomer with um, uh, looks like CERO, uh, which is Australia's national science uh, agency, that it's not black holes, that these four particular frequencies are coming not from the heart of the galaxies themselves that are 3 billion miles away or light years away. Sorry, 3 billion miles, which, yeah, 3 billion miles would be a lot easier to cover. They're coming from their edge, right? So the outside, like the outer ring of those those galaxies. So these precisely localized fast radio bursts come from the outskirts of their home galaxies, removing the possibility that they've had anything to do with the supermassive black holes. So her team uh, found the exact location of four new fast radio bursts. Now, by zooming in on the radio, uh, excuse me, on the um, on the radio sky using a detector on the Australian square kilometer array pathfinder or something like that. It's called like uh, OSCAP or something like that. I'm not sure. But uh, it's it's a telescope array that's out in the outback of Western Australia. Apparently, there's not much out there. They've made follow ups with four of the largest telescopes in the world, right? Optical telescopes in the world to try and confirm all this. And all four of these fast radio bursts are coming from three or four billion light years away, and all were discovered to be coming from massive galaxies that are forming new stars at a modest rate. Kind of like our Milky Way, right? That kind of stuff. So it's essentially what they're doing is they're using this technology like uh, it's almost like doing a video call with somebody, and it kind of just gives you a little preview of what you can see in their home, right? It kind of gives you just a, a small little snapshot of how someone lives. Well, essentially, that's what they're doing here. It's the same concept. So 
they're just looking at this, right? This is this is not something that's obviously, as I said, it's not coming from black holes, right? But they're not coming from these explosions that you would see in the formation of new stars, right? New galaxies, that kind of stuff. So it's not that. It's not black holes. So because you would have like cosmic rings sometimes that would cause that. They're not coming from that. But they say that it could be from mergers of white dwarf stars and neutron stars. But I mean, like I said, I find it very hard to believe that we're the only game in town, right? Kind of as you put it. And so, you know, this to me is really interesting. And what I find even more fascinating about all this is that we can figure this out, right? We can tell that we have radio waves or signals coming from three or four billion light years away, but we can't balance a damn checkbook, right? This is fascinating to me. (laughs) It's fascinating to me that this is how this is. So what are you guys' thoughts on this? Well, it it brings to mind, oh, what was it called? It was a program where they used mass computing power SETI, the SETI program, where people who weren't using their computer would download the program and using all these network computers, they would scan for signals from outer space. And I find it very interesting that the... um, you know, these high-speed radio bursts, as you call them, it, it, yeah. it just makes you wonder, you know, it's like, what is out there? We can't be the only thing out there, whether it's a carbon-based, iron-based, silicone-based. I really believe there is other life out there. What it is or what it would look like, that I have no clue about. But I, I just, I can't believe we're the only ones out there with the known universe and the, you know, the, the fact that it's still expanding and creating I agree with uh, you guys' points that I I don't think we're alone, but uh, this in particular, I don't think. Um, as fascinating as it is, I don't think it's any sign of like an alien race. Because uh, if, if you look at it, um, they're, they're saying these are probably neutron stars or dwarfs uh, merging, which means this is a massive amount of energy that's being released. Uh, these quick pulses would have to be very, very intense to be able to travel that many light years. Uh, we're talking if, if the universe is, you know, billions of years old, these bursts would have happened close to the beginning of the universe, right? Because it would have taken years. The, the When they say billions of light years and radio waves traveling at the speed of light, it would have taken them that many billions of years to get here. So these bursts were long ago and if it was a neutron star or something uh, merging with another more than likely those stars are dead by now uh in in those galaxies so uh it's a great distance now if it was you know anything like an alien or or something like that uh, alien technology uh dyson sphere whatever you want to call it them creating a new star or something that means these guys are far superior in technology than we are uh, if they were doing this three billion years ago. So, um, yeah. Well, to agree, it reminds me of um, submarines. When they rise up to the surface to communicate, they use burst transmissions, compressed, which is, you know, coded and decoded by the computer. So I always wondered, you know, is, is this a burst transmission from an advanced society? And like you said, Bruce, it took so long to get there. Are they still alive? Have they advanced beyond what we conceive as life as we know it? So it, it sits in, it, it just makes you go, hmm, and you really got to think about it. That's a massive amount of energy to travel 3 billion light years uh, or whatever the distance was, because it, for, for energy, energy to travel that far, you know, it, it loses or, or dissipates, if you will, as it travels. So for it to be legible here or, or we, could, we could detect it here, um, that, that was a massive energy release. 
if nothing else, it's proof that there's still things out there we haven't found yet. Yep. And to be fair, I mean, you guys can't dismiss the fact this could have been a coronavirus coming from another galaxy. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. I had to. It's, it was COVID-19 that caused that. It was COVID-19 that caused that from three billion light years away. Yes. I, yes. I, so, my hat's off to you, sir, for your ingenuity on that one. <laughs> everything's COVID. Not to be outdone with all this. Uh, Bruce, do you know we, we've got an, we've got another um, we've got another near miss uh, coming in two days from now. Did you know that? Yeah, is this the one that's like fourteen thousand miles away or something like that? Is what uh, the estimates are something along those lines. Yeah, it's the size of the. Imp- we're talking about an asteroid, right? There's an asteroid that's going to zoom past Earth, and it's the size of the Empire State Building. It's expected to pass us on June sixth. This is according to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So they say that it's uh, two hundred and fifty to five hundred and seventy meters in diameter, which that's pretty big. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the Empire State Building is up to 1,400 feet tall. So this thing's anywhere between eight in feet. That's anywhere between 820 and 1,870 feet in diameter. So th- this thing is just, uh, it's it's pretty big. Which, mind you, the one that caused that crater out in Arizona was the size of a school bus, if that gives you an idea. So it says here that NASA's built a widget so stargazers can keep track of asteroids that may appear in the night sky. So the widget keeps track of any Earth approaches within 4.6 million miles. It also uses common Earth objects to compare asteroids to size. Sometimes asteroids are as big as houses, others planes, and some as medium or large stadiums, uh, the widget shows. So I don't see, where's this? Um, I don't see the actual, the, the distance on this one of how far or how close it's going to get. It doesn't actually say how, I mean, how close it's going to get, uh, which I, th- I think I read it somewhere else. And I think you were right on the distance. It says that uh, it's unlikely for an asteroid to hit Earth anytime soon. But scientists have just prepared just or have prepared just in case. So what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't um, that like, you can plan for that. But what are you going to do? Uh, he says all we have to do is change the speed a little faster or a little slower. So when it crosses Earth's orbit, it crosses either in front or behind us. So yeah, go back to Hollywood and watch some uh, some of the Armageddon movie, I guess. But if you think that that's a problem, just to give you an idea, there are 20,000, 20,000 near-Earth asteroids uh, and they do occasionally make an appearance in 2013 alone. The one that that was the last big one I think we had. Uh, it slammed into Russia and, and injured uh, 1,600 people. We've seen that before. I remember when that one hit in Russia. I mean, it was uh, it, it was huge. You saw like the uh, they caught it on video. You actually saw it like streaking across the sky with the cloud behind it. You know, the the stream behind it went smashed into the planet. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. But unfortunately, you know, you got 1,600 people that got hurt on it. But one of these things, I mean, the size of the Empire State Building, that'd take out a city, right? more than that yeah definitely a city would you say the uh, diameter was on it between 820 and 1800 feet in diameter it's it's like that's the that's the estimated diameter of it so i mean that's like a how many nuclear explosions is that in one place exactly the shockwave alone would rip things apart and you have any seismic event that may be um amplified by the um impact hit and just the amount of dust and other stuff that gets thrown up in the air that would affect uh, people's ability to breathe. Yeah, it, it definitely will depend on the composition of the asteroid density, you know, because uh, these asteroids have like pock marks on them, which are essentially where mm-hmm. other impacts were on the asteroid. So it, it may end up hitting the Earth's atmosphere. It, it, let's say it did, you know, come into contact with Earth. It could detonate in the atmosphere, you know, and it would just get rain down meteorites essentially if it's a denser one such as uh you know iron or something then 
it would burn up some of it, you know, and decrease its density a little bit, but it would still be dense enough to impact Earth. And you would definitely see if it hit a populated area that size, uh, you're looking at like a 500,000 foot circumference on that thing. So, wow, it's 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 pretty good size. Yeah. So it, safe it to say, you're probably not going to be making the baseball game on Sunday, right? <laughs> that, that, that's I, I think you're right yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So since we're on the, uh, you know, I, I try to find something interesting and I mean, not riot related and everything seems to be like doom and gloom. So we're talking about a near miss, right? Which is, is near miss. It's good. Alien civilizations. Well, these are interesting morning shows, I'm telling you. And then now you've got this hurricane, right? Well, I think, is it a hurricane yet? No, it's still a tropical storm. Uh, it's coming up out of the Gulf. Oh, the right? one in the Caribbean? Yeah, we talked a little bit. Well, it's, I think it's, is it in the Caribbean? No, it's in the Gulf of Mexico. It's coming up out of, looks like Guatemala uh, and catching the, uh, the the southern tip there of, of Mexico. And it's projected to head up to New Orleans. Those people can't catch a break. They still haven't recovered from Katrina. So it's expected to hit there somewhere in the neighborhood between uh, Sunday and Monday, Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. So um, thoughts on the hurricane? I'm sure it'll be a hurricane by the time it hits. It's going to be gaining strength as, as it gets off of land and starts getting out into that warm water of the Gulf. It's going to pick up steam. I've been through hurricanes and I, you know, like you said about New Orleans, you, you got to feel so bad for those folks. You know, Katrina, the rioting after Katrina, all the other stuff. And they're, they're just now getting back to a sense of normalcy. And here comes a, hey, I, I don't even remember what the name of the tropical storm is, but like you said, it's how many times can you roll craps in a row? Well, and they're dealing with issues right now uh, with, with these riots. I mean, I'm sure they've got riots in New Orleans. Yeah. With all this stuff going on, I would imagine so. It was also a major hotspot for the COVID virus. Uh, I think the, uh, I think the, the tropical storm is a, is a COVID virus. I think that's, that's kind of what brought it up. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just uh, everything's COVID. So we have to we have to include everything uh, that goes along with it. So but no, uh, this is it's just it, it's a bad situation. It's like we just can't catch a break. I'm just waiting on swarms of like locusts and murder hornets next. I mean, that's that, that's all I'm waiting on. But I think we've already got those, but they're not in the U.S. It's in different parts of the world. It's a little early for hurricane season, though. Well, it has officially really. started. Oh, it has. It just, we haven't had okay. it has started, but we haven't had like three storms already that had the potential. It's very unusual to have that many so early in the season. I believe the last one I saw was they were estimating um, 10 to 15 tropical storms of which they were looking at possibly three to five named hurricanes, but that was a low ball estimate. I haven't heard what the new estimates on the season are. Uh, Bruce, you're still dealing with... Um you're still dealing with torna- or tornadoes down there, yeah? Honestly, the, the season's kind of coming to a close for tornadoes. It's more or less springtime. Uh, uh, you, you still have the possibility for them, but everything down here is heated up. We're, we're seeing, you know, 90, 100 degree temperatures already. So that cool temperature that it needs to, to create these storms is, uh, uh, you know, not here any longer. So unless there's like a, a big arctic front that comes down you know and does some kind of crazy unusual thing we probably won't see any more tornadoes until the fall anything else you guys would like to talk about this morning yeah you mentioned I'm covid good. yeah i mentioned what you mentioned you, you mentioned covid earlier well everything's and, covid uh, right do you guys you guys everything's, yeah, everything's COVID, covid yeah yeah so what um, do you have? Did you guys see that uh, George Floyd was um, oh, yeah. with COVID-19? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we will be talking about that today. Uh, Tavish, you haven't been with us since all this has transpired, so we're going to give you kind of an open floor today to uh, to talk about your views on that. Uh, so we're going to get into a little bit of that this afternoon. So looking forward to getting your take on it. 
So thank you guys for your time this morning. Thank you to all the listeners for all these topics and more. Please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.